Okay, we're we're recording. <laughs> All right, what? take two. Hey, hey. <laughs> Hey, 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 I'm Steph. And I'm KB. And, and we, we are Activate Podcast. We are two Jesus-loving mamas who may cuss a little. This podcast is our passion. Get ready to tag along through the ups and downs of our crazy lives. We're going to bring you guests that will inspire and encourage you to grow in your health and in your faith. We will talk about parenting, relationships, fitness, and nutrition. We will bring you the latest fashion tips and share all of our favorite things. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you some laughs and relatable, inspiring content that will encourage you to activate your life. Hey, 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 Activators. Happy Monday. Um, I am not in studio and KB is not here. She is actually traveling back today from her grandfather's funeral. So um, I am super excited to be sharing time with a guest today that I'm super obsessed with. Jenna DeLulio. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for it. She just told me I could do it. All our friends call her that. So yes. we're now friends. Um, <laughs> and so I am super excited. So uh, Jenna is a social media influencer with a platform built around makeup, fashion, and her sobriety. Um, her goal is to end the stigma of addiction in a lighthearted way, all while providing inspiration with beauty and style. So first and foremost, um, I am a with reels. I want to become a real star. (laughs) (laughs) I'll help you. I just kept, yes, your reels just kept popping up. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're so adorable first and foremost. And then I saw some of your reels about alcohol. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I am in this sober, curious journey. Mm -hmm. Um, I have given up lots of other things. I, have a very addictive personality and you know whatever so alcohol is like the last thing on my list and I'm sure as you know that's very hard to do sometimes mm-hmm. um so when I saw that your reels were about that um I just was like oh my gosh I've got to meet her <laughs> talk to her please come on the pod and immediately you responded to me which was so huge because um I don't reach out to a ton of people but one thing I'm I'm finding, and I was just thinking about this before we hopped on, is you see, like, for instance, how many people will watch your stories or, you know, clearly tons and tons of people will watch your, your reels and, you know, how many people actually comment or like, or sh- like share the love. Like, I'm not asking for like all kinds of affirmation, but like when I'm watching reels or somebody's stories, like I comment on like every single one of their stories because mm-hmm. I want to empower them and people just don't do that. Right. Yeah. So, I just love like the message that you're putting out there and that you got back to me and that we're like already best friends and all the things. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for asking me to be on. Seriously. I feel honored and I'm so excited to get to speak to your audience and so exciting. You're on a sober curious journey as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a journey for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm excited to just learn from you. So do you just want to just jump in and tell your story? And Heck yes. Um, so I became um, active on social media and telling my story for like one really big reason. So in 2016, 2017, I um, ended up going to therapy and in therapy, even though I had crazy things in my life happen where people would consider them rock bottom moments. Um, It wasn't until I went to therapy and I was really honest with my therapist about 
my alcohol use and how much I was drinking, um, that I really got to see the destruction that it was causing in my life and how much control I actually lost. And in that time, I remember getting on Instagram and getting on social media and trying to find someone that I could see that I, that looked like me, that was around my age, that wasn't drinking to either celebrate or cope or anything of the sort. And I couldn't find it at all. And I remember just feeling completely isolated and alone. And it was probably around whenever I became six months sober that I just posted a little, like it was very, it wasn't straightforward. Like I am an alcoholic and I'm like really trying to quit alcohol for good. But I ended up creating a post that said something along the lines of I'm focusing on my health. I've given up at the time I, I watched, um, what the health on Netflix. Have you ever seen that? Oh yeah. (laughs) So like my mind was blown about that. So like, I I was like on like, um, like a meat free, dairy free, like diet as well. Oh yeah. So I talked a little (laughs) bit about that. And, um, and then I said, and I also have given up alcohol. I'm listening to like my therapist and my body and the amount of love and support that I got out of just saying that was overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And it was then that I thought, you know what, I, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be this person for other people that I couldn't find for myself. And I started really sharing. Um, and I, in the, and it's funny because you don't think about like, you know, I think about my social media and obviously we want it to be pretty and we want it to, you know, have the message that we want to be shared, but I've had a few people reach out and they'll say, thank you for not deleting anything off of your social media, Mm. because I have things that go back way whenever I was in my active addiction, um, Mm. on my social media for people to see, but I just started sharing these pieces of what was working for me and, um, really facts and information about alcoholism that I don't think a lot of people realize. And, um, yeah, now I am where I am and I, I, I feel so blessed because they're really social media, depending on how you use it, it can be so negative, but in this space, I feel like I get so much love and so much support just by giving a away a piece of myself that is so vulnerable. It was so deep and it's yeah. not something that a lot of people feel comfortable in sharing about, but in return, I've gotten so much back. Oh, I love that. And I, um, you know, I share a lot on here. A lot of people know my story, but many mm-hmm. don't. Um, and I started, so I'm an intermittent fasting coach as well and mm-hmm. gut health specialist and all of these things. Um, so I'm a face of fitness and health and stuff and people from back home know like, dang, that's incredible. Cause, uh, she definitely was the party girl, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, um, so I've been talking about it a, a while. I made the decision around new year's to stop. I have drank a cup three times since. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I can't stop when I start. And I'm not out of control. 
Um, but you know, for at least a day or two, like it affects me. And I've actually, uh, I do, I offer a hair sensitivity test. I'm very sensitive to alcohol and beer and I love beer. And so it is a, an actual, you know, um, a thing for my health and obviously so many ways. Um, but I, I had this free group that I was running on Facebook and it turned from like a, an intro to fasting group to kind of this, um, this, the sober curious or this place where I've been sharing, a lot more and the same thing the amount of women that message me and they're in the same exact position um it's just so crazy like people are afraid to talk about wanting to be sober or you know you know how it is like mm-hmm. you you know i knew i've known for 20 years that this is probably not a good idea for me um and you know so i think for for knowing that women are needing you uh, to show up almost for them, that that's what's even almost more inspiring for me in wanting me to stay sober Mm -hmm. is to prove that it can be done because it's hard. It's It's super hard. hard. It's so hard. Even for people, I remember I did a dry January challenge on my page and even for people to do the dry January challenge, it was difficult. And it comes, it's a like so much of it comes down to our societal norms and what yeah. we as a society consider as, you know, just white noise kind of behavior. And it's, there's so much peer pressure. I have a, my mother-in-law is 55 years old. Um, she lives in Port Chester, New York in an apartment complex where it's pretty tight knit. And even for her to do dry January at 55 years old was getting peer pressured by her friends and asking, why aren't you drinking? Just have one. And I'm totally guilty of doing it too. Like in my active addiction, like 1 million percent. I was that person that was like, oh my, you don't drink. Wow. You're such a bore. Um, yeah. And now, obviously, I realize literally like, well, then what do you do? I mean, I can go, I can go a month without drinking, no problem. Um, But the second I have a beer, drink, whatever, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have 18 more. Like, I can't do the just one, Mm -hmm. you know? Totally. It's, um my husband is one of those people that can have literally one cocktail and literally one beer. And I'm like, you are magical. Like I but envy why? you. <laughs> like, I envy you. Cause I can't say, cause you know, I had to take really like what I had to do was take all of these, these things that society feeds into us, which is we romanticize alcohol. It's a glamorous thing. It's, it's something that creates fun in people's lives. That's what we see on TV mm-hmm. and in movies and music. And I remember having to, it was almost like a mindset shift where I had to realize, okay, like this is what's being painted to me, but what is it in reality? Like it has caused me great pain, so much stress, so much depression, so much anxiety. So I had to take this thing that I romanticized about that I like held in the highest regard that was my quote unquote fun. And I had to make myself absolutely hate it because it was poison to me. Like that's, yeah, that's what it was. 
Yeah. And it is poison. I'm currently, I've been reading it for a while. And mm-hmm. I think it's just because I'm like, still a little bit having this struggle, right? Um, just of like, am I really ready to stop? Like, it's been mm-hmm. such a part of my life. Like, mm-hmm. it was my therapy for, mm-hmm. you know, 25 years, really yeah. almost. Um, I'm starting to realize and I'm going through therapy right now, too. Mm-hmm. which is so awesome. And you have to be in that right place to be able to be so honest about mm-hmm. all of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the longest time leading up to going to therapy, I was like, I can't figure out if, was it the drinking first or wasn't it, was there a thing first? And I think I've nailed down um, that I was raped when I was 15 years old. And so mm-hmm. I think that the drinking has always been in response to that. But then for my entire life, all of my relationships revolved around drinking or because I never really dealt with what happened to me back then. I have always just drank, 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 getting to know people, mm-hmm. uh, building relationships, getting into a relationship, trying to be intimate with somebody. You know, I never was able to be intimate with people at least in the beginning without being hammered, Yeah, you know, and that, you know, mm-hmm. being in a position now I, you know, went through separation and all of that and just trying to move forward like you know it's so much better to and scary it's Mm -hmm. so much better but and scary to like move forward with a clear mind um it's just there's so many things and you know I I gave up cocaine I gave up (laughs) pills I gave up everything else so why the hell is it so hard for the drinking? And it's because I love to drink. I have fun drinking. I'm a blast, mm-hmm. you know, da, yeah. da, 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 da. but then I'm not the next yeah. day or then you're, or it is poison. Um, so the naked mind is that book. Um, and I've almost finished now. And um, my son and I both are getting baptized this Easter Sunday. And oh, so I think so I'm special. Like, yeah, I think that I'm just like, I, I'm done. For, mm-hmm. If I can't do it for myself right now, I need to do it for these other people that are watching and wondering, you know? Um, yeah. It's, um, first of all, so amazing that you use your platform in this way and you're able to share about these personal experiences and these traumas that you've had because a lot of people go through trauma and you're so right that it can trigger something like this to happen. And I, I was actually on a clubhouse last night, um, talking about childhood trauma. And I think, you know, we have the ability to within therapy, like I think about our generation that we're in right now, which is an amazing time to be alive because we're really focusing on, therapy and evolving and this personal development of looking of areas of opportunity within ourselves. And 30, 20 years ago, like that really wasn't a thing there. There still is like a stigma around mental health, but back when my parents were around my age, I mean, that was just something that no one would even think about. And it's something that they still cling on to in their minds. And (laughs) like whether like my my uh, father was an alcoholic, so I'm a child of an alcoholic. But 
I look to (laughs) like me and then you have your situation that you had when you were 15. It's like, we can take these experiences, these traumatic experiences, and we can look at them as, you know, do we want to carry these things with us? And with like throughout the rest of our lives, because whether we know it or not, that stays, that traumatic experience stays. And we have the power and the ability and we are capable and we are worthy of dropping that bag and moving forward without it. And so I think it's just amazing that you're going to therapy and you're looking into these things because it can change really the rest of your life moving forward. Yeah, for sure. Oh, so, so crazy. Um, Yeah. What was your, what would you say, or just was it repeated? Like you say, you know, some people would say they're rock bottom. It was just you becoming honest. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you decided. um, So did you, I have a hard time saying I'm an alcoholic Mm -hmm. right now. I'm just in the space of like, I don't want to go to AA. Mm -hmm. I do want to go through celebrate recovery at the church. Um, Am I an alcoholic? Yeah, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't want to say that, like, I want to be, I want to be able to quit and to, you know, like you're saying, like with a lighthearted way or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but what was like the last point for you or when you decided I'm done, were you able to just be done? Um, no. So this is probably like, I have like three top questions that I always get on my page. And I think this is, this is definitely one of them. People will ask like, were you able to quit cold Turkey? And it's, was not that easy. It's, I mean, I would like, I would go like 10 days without drinking and then I would go back to drinking and then I would make it like just a couple days and then I'd get back. So it was like a lot of me falling and failing and getting back up and trying again. I'd say like between seven to nine months of doing that. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't anything crazy. Like I think about the moments that I had in my, whenever I was in active addiction where I legit, like I was drinking and driving a Ford F-350 and was, I flipped it over a hill four times. Like that would be considered a rock bottom moment where like a lot of people would be like, okay, I literally almost died. Like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And the only tool that I had in my toolbox at that time, the only thing that I had to, to use to cope me through bad situations was alcohol. That was the only thing I had to lean on. Um, and so that wasn't a rock bottom for me. But then going to therapy and finally like making these connections and getting new tools in my tool chest, eventually these months where I was still going to therapy and I would still fail, I'd come in and I'd tell her, you know, I slipped up this weekend or my friend had a bachelorette party this weekend until November 3rd of 2017. It was the last night that I drank alcohol. And I just had a girl's night with some of my friends. We were just drinking wine, nothing too crazy. Of course, I had a terrible hangover because I drank way too much. But I woke up the next morning. I ran a 5K, which is insane. Like I signed up for a 5K. <laughs> and I'd like so like and I used to do stuff like that all the time. Me too. <laughs> 
So I ran a 5K that day and then I just was like, I'm going to try to make it a week. And Mm. then that week, I remember I I thought I'm going to try to make it two weeks. And then my husband and I ended up celebrating every milestone. Like if I made it a month, two months, like it was always a really, really big deal. And I couldn't have done it like without him. But now I get like a second birthday every year. Like it's such a celebration because it's changed our life. Like it's, it's made me closer with him, closer with my parents, um, closer with God. It's strengthened like my confidence within myself. I believe so much more in myself than I ever have. Um, but I think it was in the beginning of or the end of 2016, where I made the, like, I came to realization, but then it didn't, I wasn't able to like really stick with it until the end of 2017. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I kind of just like abruptly decided at the end of December and, um, and I'm doing well. I, here's the thing. I don't, I don't, I'm not like having a hard time, like, Oh, I just can't, you know, whatever. But, mm-hmm. uh, my son and I, we went to Florida a couple of weeks ago and that first day, that's when it was hard for me. Cause we got to the resort mm-hmm. we're at the pool, the bars right there, you know, and literally, I mean, probably, I don't even know how many times I was like, I can just have one. Mm-hmm. Like I just, just a beer. And thank God I didn't, I ended up, I made it the first two days without. And then the third day I did have a couple beers and then, then you feel so bad and everything yeah. was fine, but I'm like, why, mm-hmm. why? And, you know, had the best time and not that we wouldn't have still had a great time either way, but I was like, so committed, like, we're going to ride these bikes. We're going to go fishing. And we did, and we did all of that. And even, you know, whatever, I drank that last day, mm-hmm. um, a couple of beers, but it just was like, no. And so that was the last time. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to be done. I've known for years that I wanted to get baptized again. I was kind of searching for my home of a church after my Mm -hmm. divorce and stuff like that. I kept going back and forth between these two. Um, And then I posted, I wasn't even completely sure of which one still just last week. Um, And then God like totally revealed the one for Mm -hmm. sure, just because I, so many people that I didn't even realize that go to the one church and they're like, Oh my gosh, you're going to get baptized here. We'll be there. And, um, you know, so that's, that's what we're going to do. And I just love that. You're like, I get like a second birthday because, you know, I have been so lucky to accomplish so many things. And what is the only thing holding me back? What brings all of the doubts to my mind? Mm -hmm. The fact that I can't make it through anything hard without drinking, like, Mm -hmm. no. And I did so well, even through my, you know, divorce and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And then I had a different situation pop up and, you know, I had made it almost a year with with literally like not even drinking, maybe on a Friday, I could actually have two beers with my pizza. And then I was done. And then that situation happened. And I just, you know, it went from Thursday night, or then it was Friday, or then, you know, AJ was with his dad, and I was meeting friends at the brewery. And then, you know, I would only have the two beers that I was going to have there. And then on the way home, I'm like, well, I'm going to the gas station. And now I have a 12 pack and literally drinking by myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to drink half of the 12 pack because I have a 12 pack. So, you know what I mean? And of course you do. And it's just like, no, like, what the hell? Look at how much I've 
come, how far I've come and how much further I can go if I just let it go. Yeah. It's you saying that it's, oh my gosh, it just takes me back because I know like even at court, if I had needed to go to corporate dinners or corporate events, I would know, like, I can't drink even though like at the time I, you know, I'm on my like almighty high horse of like that. I have no problem at all. Um, I, and I say that because I was such a hypocrite with my family. We have generational addiction in my family. And the whole reason that I ended up going to therapy in the first place was because I was going to fix my family. Like I was going to like help everybody else. (laughs) And I like, (laughs) why can't they just go to therapy? Why do I have to go to therapy? Seriously. (laughs) Um, But I remember I would go to these corporate events and I would know I can't drink. I'm drinking way more than everybody else. I only can have a couple of glasses here, but then on the way home, I'll pick up a couple of bottles of wine so I can just drink by myself and smoke cigarettes on the back porch. Cause that's a lot, that's like so much fun to do. Um, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, um, I had this quote that I found online. I posted it on my Instagram a while back and it like, it hit me to my core because it, it spoke like exactly the way that alcoholism like works. And it's, Mm. I didn't have control over my drinking. And when I tried to control it, I wasn't having fun. Oh, so writing it down. Good. And when I tried to control it, yeah. Because if I was trying to stick to just the one glass of wine or just the two glass of wine, it didn't matter because my disease is telling me in my head, you need more, you need more, you need more. Mm -hmm. Um, My therapist also had this quote that I remember her saying to me when I came clean about how much I drank and she Um, this quote will always stick with me. She said, the man takes a drink, then the drink takes a drink, then the drink takes the man. And Mm. that's how it was for me because as soon as I would have one, that's it. I lost all control because I would, like you said, even if I had a good face in front of everybody and I'm there at the corporate event, I'm smiling you know, drinking my two glasses of Chardonnay, I would drive to the grocery store after and be blacked out by the end of the night. Mm -hmm. And then, and then it's like, I wonder when I blacked out, how long was I awake? I blacked out. Mm -hmm. What the hell was I doing? How long did I sit on my counter by myself, not even talking to anybody Mm -hmm. when I was blacked out? I would even know, I would know if it was like a really bad night. Like I wouldn't even remember throwing up, but I would, um, my chest would be sore from leaning against the toilet. So I would know that I threw up the night before just because I had like a sore spot on my chest of where I was leaning on the toilet throwing up. Well, and you know how I know I have a bad problem? I never throw up. I can drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and drink, 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 drink. You build a tolerance. Yeah. My second DUI, 
I had to go to treatment outpatient and it was a joke at the time because you know you're using that little wheel and a friend of mine a guy friend of mine was in there with me because that's how we do it in Wisconsin mm-hmm. um, and you know it was a joke mm-hmm. it, I went there and we went to the bar like it was you know whatever it was my second one my first one I wasn't even that drunk the second one I was blew a point two eight. Mm. I was going 12 miles an hour down the main road in my small town, you know, um, and anyway, use that little wheel and, and they're saying, you know, if you had this many drinks, you would be here or if you weighed this much. And I was like, listen, I haven't even put half the drinks that I had in this day. And it says that I'm like a 320 pound man. You know what I mean? Like it was like a badge of honor. I could drink. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You were like, I can out drink anybody in here. That's how I used to be. Like I anyone like, put it to me. Yeah. We would go even like in my twenties, we would go downtown and, you know, we would, uh, go and like how we would get free drinks is, I mean, people would buy us drinks of course, but it, we would go up to like groups and it would be like dudes. And my friends would be like, Hey, I, I guarantee you that my girl can slam a pint faster than any of your friends, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that's just that's what it was. It is so crazy to think, too. Like, this just came to mind. Like, it is kind of weird because I remember even going to Vegas in my 20s. And, like, to get mm-hmm. women into the bars, they would be like, we'll give you free drinks. You can come sit and we'll give you yeah. a free bottle. Sit at this table. Like, just to get women yeah. in there. Like, yeah, it's crazy. And it's... uh you know, just even with what's going on in the last year and, you know, everything that I stand for is gut health, immunity, building your immunity. Why are we saying no to the people that are trying to come to my spin class that are trying to get healthy? Like, why am I turning people away? Why is there only nine people in there? You know what I mean? Yeah. But then, but then here I am putting the biggest poison to me Mm -hmm. in my body, you know? Well, I mean, it's addictive. It's totally addictive. And, um, but you're, you're doing such an amazing job and that's, that's important to remember. I, I think like even, you know, relapsing, I have some women that will feel really, really bad about it, but it's almost a part of the process. Like, I look back and there's no way I I didn't have everything that I needed and I didn't know everything that I know now, which like we'll never know everything, right? But I okay. I wasn't ready at the time to really be committed because I I didn't have everything that I needed in that time to do it. And I think as long as you're working and you're trying, it's amazing. Yeah, you're moving forward. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I've decided, like I said, that I'm done. And so I just, I just need to be done. What would you say for all of these amazing listeners? Like, mm-hmm. what are some of your favorite tools, some of the best things? Um, and do you, so do you say now I'm an alcoholic or I'm an addict or like, what do you say? I say that I am an alcoholic and it's all obviously like it's all personal preference, but I'm in order to break the stigma with addiction, I want to take the, 
take the power away from that word. I think that um, it's a scary word for a lot of people. And I know whenever I was, you know, before I got sober, oh my gosh, like my, the, the image that would come into my head when I would think of an alcoholic was someone that didn't have a house that was drinking out of a yeah. bottle in a brown paper bag from <laughs> yeah. night. And that's what I like envisioned an alcoholic to be. But I want to give the face of that word something different, something that if, if when you go through the trenches of addiction and you are in recovery and you're a recovering alcoholic, like that is a badge of honor you should wear so proudly. Like the people that I've met that are in recovery and they have went through just crazy experiences in life, but they're humble people and they're, they are amazing. And they, they laugh harder than they've ever laughed. They're, mm-hmm. um, they're intelligent. They're amazing people. And so I think if we can change that, what people associate with that word to know that it is possible to be an alcoholic, but it is a manageable disease. It's manageable and you can live such a fulfilled life being an alcoholic in recovery. Yeah. See, that just changed everything for me. Just you saying. Yeah, I think that, like I said, I mean, even in my family, I remember having conversations with some people and they would, they would, um, compare themselves to somebody else in the family. Well, at least I'm not like so-and-so I don't drink every day. And I'm like, what? That's like (laughs) when you, when you, (laughs) with alcoholism, it's progressive. So it goes from you're drinking one day a week to two to three to four to five. And I could see the progression within myself going from drinking one night a week to then four. And like I caught it early enough and recognized it early enough, but it could totally, I could have totally been drinking every day of the week. It could have progressed to that. Yeah. Oh, well, and I did for uh, a long time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had my son, a lot of things changed and I got much better, but Mm -hmm. was I much, I didn't drink every day. And, but then I drank one day and I drank 30 drinks, Mm -hmm. you know, no. Um, okay. So tools for support. I think, um, this is another question that I get a lot and I like answering. Um, so I think that some of the biggest things that I had to help me was the first, the very first thing that I did, that was the scariest thing that I did was I told my mom, my husband, and my best friend that I had a problem with alcohol and I needed them to hold me accountable. That if I called them or I asked them and I said that I wanted to drink, they had to say, absolutely not. Like, you cannot. You made this promise to yourself. And Mm -hmm. I remember it was like two months in me being sober and I came home from work. Fridays were like the start of my binge every Friday. So I would like go to the grocery store, pick two to three bottles of wine up with a couple packs of cigarettes to get ready for my one person (laughs) party, one person party (laughs) on the back porch. And, um, I came home and I told my husband, I was like, I want to drink right now. Like really, really bad. I want to drink. 
and he was like, don't move. I'm going to go to the grocery store. So he, he went and he picked up sushi and sparkling cider. Oh. And that I think is the second thing that you need for support is it's drinking is a, it's a habit essentially. Yeah. It, it becomes a habit that it, it was literally me being an addict, me being an alcoholic. It was something that got built into my routine of my, my weekly routine. And so breaking up that routine was really, really hard. I had to find new traditions and new routines to build into my life that were healthier ways to celebrate and healthier ways to cope. And so on Friday, instead of going and picking up wine and cigarettes, my husband and I would have sushi and we would watch. Do you remember the TV show Live PD? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. It was like we would watch Live PD because it was like this adrenaline. Like it was like this adrenaline watching you be like watching people getting chased by the cops. And that became like a part of our tradition literally until Live PD ended. We had sushi and Live PD every single Friday. Um, I love that. So that's something that, that we did. And then also, you know, making sure that you're getting like physical exercise and eating well and treating your body well. Um, it's crazy. The clarity that you get with sobriety Mm -hmm. and the, like, I remember going to a park for the first time, not hungover on the weekend. Yeah. And sitting there and listening to like just the ambiance, like there's kids in the park and you could hear birds and smelling the fresh cut grass and like being just present and not sitting there thinking for the love of God, I didn't even bring any Excedrin. I need some Pedialyte. Like it's so bright out here. I just want to go home and lay in bed and curl up in a ball. (laughs) Like, or yeah. So the hearing the sounds and feeling like for me it's it's the feeling I realized that what did alcohol do for me alcohol taught me how to not feel and to not cope you can't cope like that yeah yeah numbing and because it is still healthy to have feelings even if they're negative feelings it's still healthy Mm -hmm. to have those and to um experience those and then figure out ways that you can get through them in a healthier way. Because at the end of the day, and this is how I think about it a lot too, it's like, we're not immune to trauma. Like shitty things are going to happen in our lives. We're going to lose people that we love. Um, You know, we are going to experience loss and stress and sadness. It's going to happen, but it's how do we deal with those how do we cope with those moments? I will say alcohol will, it will not help you in the best way getting through situations like that. It will not. Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh, this is so awesome. Um, so yeah, so it's been four years almost for you. Almost. Yeah. The end of this year, November 4th of 2021, I will be four years. It's so crazy to think about that. It's been that long because I remember my first year and I'll, and I'll say this to everybody too. 
I wanted so badly, like every month that passed, I thought, I can't wait till I get to a year. Can't wait till I get to Mm -hmm. a year. It's going to be such a big day. And looking back, that first year is really what made me. And I wish I would have journaled more. I wish I would have um, really appreciated that time because that's what made me super, super strong. And where I am right now was that first full year of my sobriety. I mean, it's not like every day is still, we obviously it's something that I'll have for the rest of my life and I'll have to work on for the rest of my life. But Mm -hmm. I remember that's when I did the hard work because it was difficult. And would you say now, I mean, now do you even ever think about wanting a drink? Oh my gosh. So totally. I um, was cooking like, when did I make this? So, so listen, so remember the whole, like what the health documentary I told you? I yeah, I was so- you're still <laughs> eating meat or not because I oh. don't. <laughs> I don't eat meat. Okay. But on, so my husband and I went for a run this past Saturday and then we went to Whole Foods after. And I said, mind you, I live in Virginia. It was like 80 degrees what, on Saturday. You're in Virginia? Yeah. Uh-huh. Where? I'm in, like in Norfolk, Virginia. So near Virginia beach. I'm in Gainesville and I was supposed to go there. My, I have a friend of mine that's in yeah. Michigan. In leaving tomorrow, she's down there. I was literally going to come down there tomorrow. No, are you going to? Is it still a possibility? <laughs> she's now has something else going on, and I'm going to see her. But oh my gosh, like I, I'm going, I'm going to. Maybe not tomorrow, but what in the world? Yes, we need to meet up then and have coffee. Yeah, um, I don't drink coffee. I'll drink my herbs. Yes. <laughs> um. Oh. That's so, so yes. Awesome. So we were at Whole Foods and I was like, I just looked at my husband. I was like, you're going to think I'm crazy. Cause I literally haven't eaten meat since the, the same time that I quit <laughs> drinking. And I said, yeah. I want beef stew. He's like, he looks at me and he goes, you are the weirdest <laughs> human being I've ever met. He's like, it's 80 degrees outside. It's not even cold. <laughs> and you want beef stew. I'm like, I don't know. I just have this weird craving for it. Yeah. So we look up a recipe and the recipe that I ended up like, we ended up going with, it had wine in it, in it. And we get home and I didn't, A, I didn't realize, Jesus, it takes a really long time to make beef stew. Like it's a process to make this dish that I'd never made in my whole entire life. And so we get home from the store and I immediately start prepping. Cause I'm like, holy shit, this is like a five hour dish. And I get the meat out and I'm like browning it and I'm disgusted because I haven't touched meat in like three and a half years, like just grossed out and it's time to use the wine. (laughs) And after years of chugging wine, I forget like that it's a process to open a bottle of wine like that (laughs) completely like slipped my mind. So I'm like digging through the drawers. I'm trying to find like a wine. I'm like, do we even have one? Did I throw them all away? Like, I don't even know. Where's the screwdriver? Yeah, like what the heck? The, the meat is burning. So I end up finding the wine bottle opener. The, 
I had not opened a bottle of wine in three and a half years. And the <laughs> feeling of taking that foil off of the bottle, of putting the, the opener into the cork, of hearing that pop was so yeah. triggering to me. It yeah. was so, so triggering. And I knew like in that moment, like I, I knew I could tell myself, like, I won't do this ever again because it's not like I yeah. didn't trust myself enough to where I'm going to guzzle this wine and I'm going to, it just made me feel very uncomfortable. And it made me like, again, it brings back those memories of me mm. doing those things. And, and then I d- literally ate a potato and a pea out of that dang beef <laughs> stew. And I didn't even eat it. I didn't even want it after that. I was like, what <laughs> <laughs> so I don't eat meat either and my son rarely eats meat too but we we will like my best friend's husband he makes the best carne or chicken or whatever um or once in a while I'll crave a freaking meat lover's pizza like mm-hmm. that has all the meat what yeah. the hell and then um or brats I love brats mm-hmm. it's so weird so you know this it's very rare but I've tried a couple of times because it gets hard sometimes to like you know, you're eating the, I mean, the same thing all the time. So um, we're, we're, um, we're creatures of habit. It's like, it gets yeah. built into a habit. And, but I do that. I won't like, if something has like bacon in it, like if there's like a green bean sure. dish, like, I'm not going to be like, Oh, not eating that. But I just. Right. Yeah. Well, and your body does so much better without it. Mine for sure. Yeah. I mean, my face puffy immediately, you know, and everything. Um, but yeah. And my, my son, you know, like, oh, so what I was going to say is a couple of times I've been like, well, maybe I'll just eat chicken and I'll go, I'll buy chicken and open that package. And it's like, <sighs> like disgusting. <laughs> I literally can't. I bought chicken today. Cause I, I'm going to do veggie wraps for myself, but my husband like loves me. And so I was like, I'll make chicken. Yeah. And I like the thought I'm like, oh, I don't even know how I'm going to touch this. Seriously. And I'm like, listen, if you, for whatever, my son, I said, I asked him if he wanted, you know, do you want me to get you chicken? You know? And he's like, no, my gas, you know, or like, we'll be in the grocery store and he'll like walk by the meat aisle. And he's like, Oh, look at all the blood on there. <laughs> so true. It's so true. I've like looked up cause I don't have kids yet. And I'm like, is this going to affect me being pregnant? Like, do I have to eat meat? Like whenever I'm pregnant, no. I hope not. No, no. <laughs> and, you know, a few people when I started that non meat eating journey, uh, you know, I'm like a fitness and nutrition Nazi. So I know what I'm doing. But, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, I mean, as a boy, like he needs that he needs protein. Well, there's really good sources of protein out there that are so not much. Meat. Yeah. And, you know, and in, you know, my reasons, it's not because like, oh, poor Betsy, the cow got killed. It's just where is this meat coming from? What have they put in it? So much. Why are her girls getting their period at nine, like, mm-hmm. hello, you know, so totally again, I'm okay to do rid with that, but, oh, this has just been so amazing. And like, I'm going to do it now. I'm done. That last beers I had in Florida, Girl, I'm doing this. <laughs> you keep me posted. I think, you know, everybody's, everybody's journey, whether it's sober curious, or if you're, you do decide to quit drinking and everybody's journey looks different, but it inspires people no matter what, when you get to share it. So thank you for being a light and sharing your story with people because it helps women and men so much. 
Yeah. Well, thank you. And I, like I said, I just was like, oh my God, how, who is this cute? Look at how cute she is. Look at her heels. I'm so obsessed with her. And then, um, and then do the one where it was like with the bottle and your mascara, like running, I'm like, hello, like, yes. So powerful. Thank you. And I appreciate it. Just like telling people, like, it is a scary thing and it is, you know, people don't understand people don't necessarily know how to support it mm-hmm. or like, I don't ever want anyone to feel like I'm judging them because I'm not, Yeah, it's not you, it's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. People and- do, they get, um, I get it a lot on my page, but again, it's more of, like you said, it's not you, it's me. And also, uh, I guess like a place where I come from is like, we, I feel compelled to educate because I really do feel like um, our advertising isn't educating properly. If you look at, um, you know, we tell people to drink responsibly. My husband and I, the other night we were driving um, and we heard, gambling over an app is legal here in Virginia. And there was a commercial about some DraftKings or something like that. And then immediately after, um, there's a warning that comes up that says, if you, um, like gambling is addictive, if you have a problem with gambling, please call this number. And like, yeah. have you ever heard this after an alcohol commercial? Like, we right. just, we just tell people to drink responsibly. Drink responsibly. And, but do we really? Do but we really do, teach them to be responsible? Like it's that idea or, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. the glam or the, you have to have the martini or the, this or the, that in the movies and the shows and the, you know, and that to be really honest, like I grew up, you know, in the bar with my dad and, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was great time. I, I say it's great times. Like it's, it's just what we did, you know, yeah. and that's where our bond came from and everything. And, um, but is that what I want to teach my son? Look at the freaking struggles I've had. Mm-hmm. What am I teaching him? He's seen me blacked out more times than I can even, you know, how many times? Mm-hmm. Like, look, I remember, like, remember seeing my dad and being like, wow, he's gone, you know, like yeah. gone, like you're gone. Yeah. You're not there anymore. That's not it. You know, that's not. And I just don't want to continue that. You know, I, I say things all of the time or I say, you know, we, we are our biggest enemies or whatever in so many things and successes and, you know, whatever. Um, But you either go right or left. Mm -hmm. And so why, I, I mean, I'm strong enough to do so many other things. And so it's just, it's time, you know, we're, you're so strong. We are strong. We were meant to do freaking really hard things, like yeah. incredibly hard things. And I think, you know, even looking back on our lives, like you look at everything that you've gone through and there was, there is like a reason for it. And it makes you the strong person that you are today. Like I look back even at my car accident where I almost killed myself and somebody else. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously I wish I never would have done that that night, but it made me who I am today. It it's a part of my story that I, it's a huge part of my story. Hmm. Yeah, never, you know, I've been trying to overcome what I 
kept saying was feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a misinterpretation or um, like, I continue to think that I'm feeling guilty for like, I don't want to hurt somebody else's feelings, but whatever's right for you is what you need to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's not guilt. It's not guilt for making the right decisions for you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been a mis you know, that I'm labeling it incorrectly or something because for so long, I just didn't allow myself to feel anything. Yeah. So I just felt like it felt like guilt. Um, and so it's cool what I'm learning through, uh, you know, through the therapy part as well. And, um, and, and you can't, you can't get better without being honest. And just, Mm -hmm. just in general, I've been so happy, you know, I'm, I'm blessed that I, I don't really have people that reach out to me and say I'm selfish or, you know, I hear of people that that's what happens and, you know, no, I'm, my purpose in this world is to, I'm called to share my vulnerable, you know, vulnerable, raw self, all of my mistakes, all of my failures, which like you're saying, I would never change any one of those things, not even one, Mm -hmm. because it is how I got to where I am. And, um, you know, I don't post these things for my glory. I post these things to change somebody else's life, you know, and that's, that's huge. It's huge. It's so good. It's, it is. I, I had a message last night. Someone said, how, how long have you been sober? Um, I've been sober for a year and a half, but I like to keep, I like to be humble about my sobriety. So they said, I said, mm-hmm. um, I like to be loud and proud about, about my sobriety because I want other women to know that it's, okay, you are not alone. And it is something that is normal. It is normal to be sober and not drink alcohol. You will still have fun. Your life will still be fulfilled. You are going to be able to thrive without alcohol, even though society is teaching you differently. It, it Mm -hmm. 100% is possible. Yeah. And it's exciting. It's exciting. Like Mm -hmm. this, I think was Hearing you describe, or you know, hearing you saying that, be loud and proud, and mm-hmm. and I'm loud about everything else. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't I be, you know, loud and proud about that? Um, that's that's exciting for me because I think that for me it does take me to show up for other people to show up for myself sometimes, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's serving, yeah. and you're serving your audience, and you're serving you'll serve people like from all over you'll serve and connect with women. Yeah. So awesome. Yay. Okay. Well, where can everybody find you? So I am on Instagram, Jenna, Jenna Delulio. Um, it is, (laughs) um, J E N N A D I L L U L I O. And then last week I officially launched my website. So I also have Jenna Delulio.com. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. And we're going to do something. Um, I have a couple of friends to, um, that we just continue to say, and Kristen as well, like we need to create, you know, we need to have 
a, a conference or whatever that looks like. Um, yes. And so I'm definitely going to do that. But I would love to come down and see you, um, even if AJ comes yes. with me and we go beach day or whatever. We totally um, need to. Yeah. One, it, I mean, it's like 50 below again today. What the heck? <laughs> so I was not prepared, um, not prepared for how oh. cold it was today outside. I walked outside and turned right back around. I was like, where's my beanies? Like what's going on? <laughs> um, but this is incredible. Uh, thank you so much. And just continue. Your light is so bright. It's just wonderful to see that. Thank you for, like I said, just for, to responding to me and for, um, for being a woman's woman and, um, for sharing you. Cause it's, such an amazing, amazing story and thing that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. I seriously, I was honored to be on. I can't thank you enough for letting me come on and to speak and to share. And, and like I said, for you doing the same thing and opening up and, and being raw and honest, it's amazing. I had, it was a lovely, amazing conversation I had. Yeah. This was so, so great. So now we got to start your podcast too. Right. <laughs> If you don't have enough going on, let's put that on the list. <laughs> to do. Start the podcast. Right? <laughs> oh, so awesome. But yeah, check out her reels, you guys, her page. It's it's just amazing. And um, happy Monday to all you activators. And Jenna, I was definitely, I'm going to hit you up, girlfriend. All right, sister. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of Activate. If you found value or were simply entertained, please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, be sure to follow us on Activate Pod on Facebook and Instagram so you don't miss a thing. Thanks for your support. Today is the perfect day to activate your life. We love y'all.